a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with us on the program today. And we are once again talking about what's going on in New York, uh, because it really is the epicenter right now of the supercharged moment that we're in for our right to keep and bear arms. There are more than a half dozen lawsuits that have been filed and are underway uh, after the New York State Legislature imposed all kinds of new infringements on our segment rights with the ironically named Concealed Carry Improvement Act, quote unquote. Uh, these laws are now in effect, even though a, a federal judge has granted a temporary restraining order. The uh, Second Circuit Court of Appeals, a judge on the uh, Court of Appeals, has stayed that uh, TRO. You've got a, another hearing coming up October 25th for a, a preliminary injunction. Uh, meanwhile, a three-judge panel on the Second Circuit is weighing that uh, TRO. So it's a fluid situation, to be sure, in New York. And I do continue to believe that uh, these laws, many of them anyway, will not withstand uh, court scrutiny. But for now, they are in place. And what's interesting, and what we're going to be talking about here on uh, today's program, uh, is the fact that there's some civil disobedience going on. Uh, the Jewish Telegraphic Agency had a fascinating story uh, talking about how uh, uh, some members of the Jewish community in New York are not complying with the uh, gun laws that prohibit them from carrying uh, inside their synagogue. Now, this is something that changed, by the way. This was one of the improvements, quote-unquote, made as part of the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. Back when New York was May issue, if you had a concealed carry permit, you could carry in churches, based on, uh, again, the individual property owner's discretion, right? If they wanted to allow it, it was allowed. If they wanted to prohibit it, it was prohibited. Now, the state has said, uh-uh, you can't do it. And if we catch you, it's a felony offense. You could spend years in prison for doing something that was legal to do just a few months ago. Well, as you can imagine, uh, there are some individuals who say, you know what, we preferred it the, uh, the old way, and we're just going to quietly keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, the Jewish Telegraphic Agency uh, reported, for instance, a first responder involved with security at a synagogue in Orange County, New York, said he, quote, does not comply with the state's gun laws. He says, I carry 24-7 wherever I go. I believe that law is illegal, not me. History has shown us that when Jews are not being allowed to defend themselves, this can lead to bad outcomes. He also added that police officers in Orange County, quote, might assume that we are all still carrying and would be looking the other way. Jewish Telegraphic Agency says the Orange County Sheriff's Office declined a request for comment. I can't speak specifically to Orange County, but we've heard a number of sheriffs in New York State go on the record as saying that this would not be an enforcement priority for their department, that they would not be going out and looking for people who are violating the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. In fact, one county sheriff said, you know, if we get complaints about a concealed carry holder who's carrying one of these gun-free zones... That's going to go to the bottom of my list of things that I need to worry about right now, because I'm not concerned about those individuals who are, again, licensed by the state. They've jumped through all of the hoops and hurdles required to obtain a concealed carry license. Um, that's not the folks that he's really worried about, right? He's worried about the violent offenders out there. So 
I don't know, again, if this is happening in Orange County, where, you know, sheriff's uh, deputies and other uh, law enforcement officers are specifically looking the other way. And uh, it would not surprise me if they were not going out of their way to look for violations of the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. Uh, another Jewish gun owner in Rockland County told the uh, New York Jewish Week that he doesn't see the state laws valid. He says, I don't think it's illegal for him to carry. Uh, I think New York says that they'll prosecute me for even carrying the firearms, but we'll take it up in the courts. Also saying that uh, his fear of going to jail is meaningless when compared to the fear of an attack in a synagogue, saying, quote, if there is a use of force incident at my synagogue, I'm probably not walking out of there. If I'm willing to put my life down on the line to protect my community, am I willing to go to court and go to jail for a period of time? That's the price I may have to pay. That, of course, is a price that no one should have to pay. Not when we possess, as the Supreme Court has pointed out, uh, the right to bear arms for self-defense in public and certainly on private property. But in New York, you can't. Not only is all private property a no gun, uh, a gun free zone by default, there are only certain property owners that can uh, opt in, so to speak, to allowing concealed carry in the premises. Uh, if you own a restaurant, for example, that doesn't serve alcohol, you can welcome in concealed carry holders. If you own a restaurant that does have an alcohol license, on the other hand, you can't. Doesn't matter if they are drinking or not, they can't come in, not with their gun. And again, if you are a worship leader, if you are in charge of a synagogue or a church or a gudwara or a mosque, it doesn't matter what your security procedures have been in the past. Unless you are using licensed security guards, paying for them to protect you, you are not allowed to protect yourself or your fellow parishioners while you're worshiping. Again, I think this law is squarely unconstitutional. I think it's going away, uh, but it's not going away fast enough. And in the meantime, there are an untold number of New Yorkers who, again, are willing to face felony charges in prison time because of the unconstitutional nature of these New York laws and their desire to protect themselves and their fellow parishioners while they are worshiping. By the way, this is not just happening outside of New York City. The Jewish Telegraphic Agency spoke to an uh, individual in Brooklyn, New York, who uh, said that they, too, are continuing to carry, saying, quote, it's a sensitive topic. No one who's a family man with a stable income living the American life is exactly interested in getting a felony conviction with a mandatory minimum sentence. But he said that he's had conversations with the uh, NYPD, at least officers within the NYPD, who he says are, quote, sympathetic to his concerns. Spokesman for the uh, Deputy Commissioner of Public Information told the New York Jewish Week that the NYPD, quote, declines to comment on pending litigation. The Brooklyn source said uh, certain things are left unspoken, but what these officers implied was that you're getting yourself into trouble. So maybe sympathetic, but uh, not willing to turn the other cheek or look the other way, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, it is going to be, frankly, cities like New York City, Albany, uh, Rochester, the democratic bastions of the Empire State, where the uh, CCIA is going to be most strictly enforced uh, against, again, people who have gone through the process of obtaining a concealed carry license. None of that really matters because it's not about the licensing. It's not about the state of New York trying to determine who has the good moral character to bear arms in self-defense. 
at the end of the day, they really don't believe anybody does, except for the armed guards protecting them, right? Everybody else, no. You should be forced to rely on the protection of the state, however delayed uh, or slight that response might be when your life is on the line. In almost any given circumstance, the state of New York wants to make it impossible for you to protect yourself and the people that you love. And while I got to tell you, I, I can't advocate breaking the law, civil disobedience, I do believe, has its place, particularly when we are dealing with unjust and unconstitutional laws. And for those individuals who, again, are willing to pay the price if they're caught, I wish them all the best. And I really do hope that these laws are overturned uh, immediately, although that's not going to happen, uh, but as soon as humanly or judicially possible. So these unconstitutional infringements can't put good people behind bars for trying to protect themselves and the people that they love. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of uh, Delaware. So there was a shooting over the weekend at uh, uh, Livingston College in Delaware. Police have arrested one suspect. They are searching for another but the individual that they have in custody actually was also uh, one of the shooting victims there. Police have charged 21-year-old Talib Latrell Kelly with first-degree attempted murder, discharging a firearm and educational property, as well as possession of a gun by a convicted felon in connection with a shooting that occurred at Livingston's College on Saturday night. Kelly is not a student at the college. Again, he was uh, wounded uh, in this shooting, but he was also apparently in possession of a firearm at the time. And as it turns out, according to the Salisbury Post, Kelly has uh, a criminal history with both the Salisbury Police as well as a Rowan County Sheriff's Office. In fact, the Rowan County Sheriff's Office arrested Kelly back in August, August 27th. So less than two months ago on charges of possession of a weapon of mass destruction. Uh, according to information provided by the Rowan County Sheriff's Office, they were working with the North Carolina Department of Public Safety. By the way, did I say this was Salisbury, Delaware? I apologize. Salisbury, North Carolina. Uh, they were working with the North Carolina Department of Public Safety and the U.S. Marshals Service uh, looking for known invalidated gang members on active probation. And one of the places that they searched was a home where Kelly was living. Um, when they conducted that search, investigators found a, a 9mm handgun uh, with a auto sear on the back to convert it to a fully automatic fire. Uh, they also found a uh, car in the backyard of the home that had uh, numerous bullet holes in the uh, driver's side window and frame. Uh, on August 25th, Sheriff's Office obtained warrants for Kelly's arrest, charging him with possession of a weapon of mass destruction. He was arrested and placed under a $10,000 secured bond. It was back in 2018 when Kelly, uh, who was then 17, was arrested and charged with felony involuntary manslaughter. In the uh, Thanksgiving Day shooting of 19-year-old Taiwan Gibson, uh, Kelly allegedly had a handgun while at a gathering, and the gun, quote, went off, uh, according to reports. Kelly was convicted in 2020 of involuntary manslaughter. He was given 30 months of probation for that charge. That's it. For manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter. Uh, 30 months of probation. Because, you know, it was an accident, right? So, eh, what are you going to do? Since then, it seems like uh, Mr. Kelly has not changed his ways and now facing uh, arguably the most serious charges of his young life, in large part because the earlier charges, frankly, weren't treated seriously at all. Now, today's armed citizen story uh, from Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 
where a judge ruled that a man shot his father in self-defense, unfortunately killing the man during uh, what uh, police described or what the judge described as a uh, alcohol and cocaine-fueled attack. Yeah. Superior Court Judge uh, Daniel Procaccini uh, found that Alex Coat uh, faced imminent danger of death or serious bodily harm when he killed his father, 43-year-old Adam Castingway, with a single shot to the chest as Castingway gripped his neck uh, on April 15th, 2021. Now, while the judge found Coat not guilty of murder and firearms charges, he did convict the uh, younger individual from uh, carry, uh, of carrying without a license. Yeah, because he had a, a 22 caliber Ruger pistol that he fired, apparently, uh, again, without a license. Uh, in the courtroom, Coach's grandmother, who raised him and other family members, uh, cheered and clapped as the judge delivered the verdict. Uh, Coat, meanwhile, wept. Uh, Claire Rudy, who is Coach's grandmother, says, I'm happy that my grandson is coming home. My grandson never would have done something like that if he was not in fear of his life. The judge talked about the uh, circumstances of uh, Coates' life and his father's death, uh, noting that his parents had abandoned him to be raised by relatives due to their drug abuse. Dropped out of high school at age 15, began working to uh, try to rekindle his relationship with his father, who was a lifelong user of both uh, powder and uh, crack cocaine, had a uh, drinking problem as well. By the time that uh, Coat was 19, he was visiting his father on a weekly basis at his dad's girlfriend's apartment. And on uh, April 14th, 2021, his father and son got up late after a night of drinking. Castingway ate dinner with his girlfriend uh, and her son, continued to drink throughout the night. Coat then uh, joined them. Uh, They made s'mores over the fire. The uh, girlfriend and her son went to bed, but they woke up around midnight to hear Castingway and uh, Coat arguing, quote, about life issues. Uh, she says she told him to stop or she'd call the police. She said that uh, Cassigway was pacing a sign that he was, uh, quote, really, really mad. Uh, according to Coates' testimony, his dad then told his girlfriend to, quote, shut the bleep up. He then moved towards his son, punched him in the head, uh, landed him on the couch. He then lunged towards his son, wrapped his hands around his son's neck in a rage and screamed, quote, I'm going to kill you, bleep. When Coates grabbed his father's junk, trying to squeeze and get him off of him to no avail, before he removed the gun from his pocket and fired it once without looking, he then uh, fled before he was placed under arrest by a uh, wound socket police. So, again, um, not guilty of murder, not guilty of other firearms offenses, uh, but guilty for carrying a license or carrying a, a firearm without a license. Uh, there is a hearing set for next Monday on the remaining gun charge. We'll try to follow up for you and let you know what happens, but uh, I I wonder if there's not a case for appeal on that conviction as well, quite frankly. Um, you know, we already have a federal judge in Texas. Now, this is not, you know, a, a ruling precedent over Rhode Island, but we do have a federal judge in Texas that has said that uh, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds do possess the right to bear arms in public. Um, I'm not even sure... I, well, I guess in Rhode Island, you have to have a license to own a pistol, not just to carry, because this was a, a private home, so the concealed carry laws wouldn't apply. Um, but if you have a right to bear arms as an 18, 19, 20-year-old, presumably you have a right to uh, keep arms as well, uh, you probably have to challenge the Rhode Island licensing statute, 
which again, in light of the Bruin decision, may be an option for uh, Mr. Coe. We'll, again, keep our eyes on this story, bring you any more details as they become available. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day uh, in Port Huron, Michigan, where a woman who was stuck on some train tracks was rescued by a good Samaritan just moments before her car was hit. She apparently didn't realize that she was on the tracks, didn't see a train coming. Uh, Patty James was just trying to uh, get her daughter's car to the gas station to fill it up for her. Uh, this was on Monday night. She uh, crossed the train tracks there in uh, Port Huron, Michigan. She glanced in both directions, and she saw a car was half on and half off of the tracks, uh, you know, not far away. And she saw the train barreling down the road. So she made a split-second decision. She ran over the rocks, up the embankment, to see if anybody was inside. And there was a woman who was actually on her phone. Patty James said, I started screaming at her, there's a train coming. She had no idea. She got out of the car, and I said, let's go. Seconds later, the car was pulverized by the train. Now, this was not some idiot who was, you know, texting at a stop. No, she had gotten stuck. Apparently, the uh, car had an accelerator problem. She had lost control of her vehicle. She had spun out onto the tracks. But because of how the car was positioned, she didn't know that she was on these train tracks. She was trying to find a tow truck when all of a sudden this strange woman opens her door and says, get out of here, come on! And she did. Uh, doesn't need a, well, probably needs a tow truck, but uh, I, I think the car has been totaled at this point. Um, Patty James told the local news outlets that she didn't do anything out of the ordinary, but the woman she saved told uh, Channel 4 in Detroit that she thinks that James is an angel, and I can completely understand why she feels that way. Glad that she is okay, and uh, hopefully Patty James managed to, uh, you know, get home with her daughter's gas tank all filled up and having saved a life. That's a that's a pretty good Monday night. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, Patty James in Port here in Michigan, we thank you for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Uh, I would also encourage you to check out BarryandArms.com throughout the day if you just need more two-way news, and who doesn't, frankly, especially uh, in this supercharged moment for our right to keep and bear arms. If you like what you see there at BarryandArms.com, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. All you have to do is go to BarryandArms.com, slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive news stories and analysis you won't find anywhere else. Because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, and be free.